Hey, Badass Crew, it's Jenny Bellinger, your direct sales dom, helping you whip your business into shape. I am here because I just got done reading slash listening to Said the Lady with the Blue Hair. This book was amazing. I absolutely love the story. I loved the audiobook because it had both the authors taking turns reading different parts of it. But what was really super valuable is the fact that it was not only told as a story, but they incorporated seven amazing rules that is going to help anybody in business move forward. And they did it in a way that makes a lot of sense and it fits right in with the story. It was so beautifully done. And the story was something that really touched my heart. And I definitely want you as one of the badass crew to have access to this. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is go to saidtheladywiththebluehair.com and get a copy of the book if you prefer a physical copy or go into your audiobook app, whatever that may be, and get the audio book because I absolutely adored their voices and hearing the two of them tell this story. It was absolutely phenomenal. And the other thing that I want you to go do is go join. If you read the book and listen to the book, go join the Blue Hair Brigade group on Facebook. You'll know you're in the right place because you'll see that I'm a member of the group, but it's the Blue Hair Brigade on Facebook. If you want to get to know these authors, they do interviews every Thursday night. They have conversations right there live in the Facebook group, and they share some of these amazing rules and just have a lot of fun together. And frankly, Lisa Wilbur said, Corsets and Whips? This is my new favorite podcast. So, hey, you know, you know she's one of ours. (laughs) So if you haven't already, go click on said the lady with the blue hair.com and get a copy of the book or go to your favorite audiobook app and get a copy of the audiobook right now. Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I am your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I have with me Megan Robinson. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Megan, because when she and I had our first conversation a few months ago, I was like, oh, 
Yes, my badass crew wants to hear from Megan so hard. So let me tell you about her. So Megan Robinson is the principal at E-Leader Experience and works with individuals and teams to develop self-leadership skills that grow companies. She started her career in marketing, climbing her way through the corporate ladder at advertising agencies and Fortune 500 companies. And like many of us, she caught the entrepreneurial bug and started her own marketing company. And then after yet another business therapy session, Megan discovered her true passion was in coaching. And so now she is a John Maxwell certified coach and disc trainer. And in addition, she is the past president of the ATD Chai, Chai, I don't know, something like that. The leading learning and development organization in Chicago land. Whoop, whoop. So she's not too far away from me. Inspired by her own successful career in corporate and entrepreneurial environments, Megan makes leadership approachable for everyone, regardless of title, position, or experience. So welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Love the energy enthusiasm. Love this podcast. Thank you, Jenny. Oh, you are more than welcome. No, and I'm super glad you're here because one of the areas that people really struggle with in the direct sales network marketing MLM industry is leadership. Because a lot of the people who come into the industry, they just... It's not something that they've really had to deal with before, maybe in their previous job. And maybe the extent of their leadership has been as a parent. And so they haven't really taken those parenting skills and like shifted them over into their business or something. It's so interesting you say that because I think the leadership skills and what defines great leadership, those fundamental building blocks are just good life skills. They're things like communication or vision building. And I actually love that you brought up parenting. One of my favorite topics and something I speak frequently on is what I call business parenting or business leadership. I'm not kidding. Right there. (laughs) And actually, those parenting styles directly correlate to different leadership styles. Mm. And so you can see how, how you treat your children how you lead your children, how you parent, and what that looks like in a professional environment is often very similar. Sometimes it's different, right? We all have different styles and behaviors for different situations and realms in our lives. I'm not saying treat anyone like children. <laughs> yeah, no, that does not work very well. I'm I'm just going to say, as a former educator who, you know, was used to working with kids, yeah, no, adults do not like being treated like children. It doesn't work well. It's funny when you look at some leadership styles, definitely treat adults like children. In that thought process of having that more dictatorship style of leadership, you see what that looks like with, you know, a very strict parent as well as a very strict leader um, and how they really start to make all those decisions for their team. They try to have all of the answers. They get overwhelmed really quickly. Everyone's relying on them and they burn out. Um, and, and frankly, no one really wants to follow those types of leaders. No. So <laughs> there, there's some other style. We can definitely go through all four of those if you want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we definitely will. But I think you're absolutely right with that. And I'm pretty sure it was John Maxwell who said this. So correct me if I'm wrong. But a leader without a follower is just a guy out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been Maxwell. <laughs> 
well, I don't know who that is. You have but. to take that walk first. You have yeah. to be willing to go on that walk and see who's willing to follow you. See if people yeah. around you are willing to engage. I really do subscribe by the John Maxwell definition of leadership, which is leadership is influence. Mm. Are nothing less. And you can be a leader and you can be able to walk by yourself. That's a-okay. When you meet someone, if you've got that influence, if you have that rapport, and I think every single person out there, everyone in their role, their job, their company, they are looking for more influence. And it doesn't mean you're a CEO and you have to have influence. It means that you have to be out there pounding the pavement and gaining influence. Mm-hmm. And that is truly the leadership step that people forget in the mix of their roles and their responsibilities. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think in terms of influence, so let, let's let's dig into that because a lot of, nowadays, I mean, compared to 10 years ago, influencer, right, was not a, a job <laughs> 10 years ago, right? And it's now taken on a slightly different, although still within the same vein of what influence is, right? How can somebody who is running their own business by themselves, for themselves, because network marketing really can be a very lonely uh, business and industry, and yet at the same time, the goal is to build a team. So that means there's got to be some influence there. How can somebody begin to build their influence with some simple, easy steps? Yeah, let's let's make everything simple and easy. Yes, please. <laughs> you know, there are simple, easy things for leadership. I'm going to say they're simple. They're rarely easy. Okay. If that's fair, right? There's all Makes the- sense. You know you're supposed to eat your veggies. Do you do it all the time? I don't know. I'm just coming off of Christmas and New Year's, so there were a lot of cookies. (laughs) Not a lot of green veggies going on in my life, right? But we know it's a simple thing to do. It's not always easy. So when you are looking at leadership at that core fundamental piece, I like to look at it as self-leadership first. How are you leading yourself? Are you being intentional with your actions? Do you have a clear goal, vision, outcome. And that vision, I'm not talking about like, oh my gosh, I need to have a vision board and I have to have the next 20 years of my life planned out. I'm saying, when you walk into a conversation, do you have an intention? Do you have a goal? Do you know what success looks like? Something as simple as that, that is having a vision. So you're orienting yourself towards that. It's the, do I know what I want for breakfast, right? <laughs> do I know what my vision is, of what future me is going to need? Am I going for, just had a bowl of oatmeal? <laughs> like, yeah, I spat those whole oats. Uh, very easy. There's still cookies left over, right? But yeah. I know what I want to have for the rest of the day. I know what type of day I need. I know what I need to feel myself. So I'm making those decisions that are aligning with that vision. That's one of those first steps. And I'm going to say whether, and, and that's particularly important when you're out there by yourself, you're making all of the decisions on your own. There's no one hovering over you. There's no one watching over you. And it's so easy to get lost, to go with the flow. And and I'm all about some sort of flexibility, but having an intentionality, understanding what it is that you want, and then saying, you know what, this is better. 
you're still making that decision. You're still conscious of it. And you're still directing and leading yourself towards a direction that you choose. So that's probably, and I know it's, you know, (laughs) we're recording this early in the, the year where everyone's thinking about goals or their words for the year. And it's so easy to forget that quickly. Mm, Very true. And the number of people who I have conversations with, I'm not going to call out any of my clients, but recently one of my clients came to me from another coach and she had been with that coach for a while. And I, part of my process is I do what's called vision casting. I call it my vision. I'm not the only one using that word. Trust me, I'm not trying to like trademark that or anything. But I did a vision casting session with this client who'd been with a previous coach before. And I was like, okay, so vision casting. So what do you want? And she didn't know. No one hardly does. And I was like, not rare. That's not rare. Right? And the reason I'm not calling out the client is because she's not alone. Like the number of people who I bring on as clients and I'm like, okay, so what do you want? What, what, what do you want to create out of life? What's the vision that you want? And they're like, I, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, good thing I set aside 90 minutes. So I'm like helping them begin to see that vision because otherwise, number one, like you said, as how can you lead yourself if you don't know where you're going? I would say I'm so glad that you do that vision casting. I like to break it down even smaller. Like Mm -hmm. you ask someone, what do they want out of life? And like you get deer in the headlights, nine, Mm -hmm. 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Um, I was with a client actually just yesterday morning and she had to give uh, some tough feedback and have a conversation with a team member who didn't show up for an in-person mandatory meeting. Ooh. Right? (laughs) Pause, you know, someone, how do you have that conversation as, Ask the question, what do you want out of that conversation? Right. What's a good outcome from it? Yeah, you have to give the feedback, but what do you want to have happen? Mm-hmm. Like, let's work towards that because the way you frame this, what you say, how you get to a resolution, all depends on that. And if you don't have that, I'm going to say that mini vision, that intention with it, that conversation can go off the rails really quickly. You don't know if it was successful or not. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. going to make way more mistakes. You've yeah. got nothing to be grounded. And when things are tough and they get tough, it's harder when you're lost. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, too, the important part in that to use to go back to the exa- example that you gave is for the leader to share the vision with the person they're talking to. Ultimately, what I'd like at the end of this conversation is this. So that way we can bow, right? And I'm pulling that again, like you, like we, to bring this back to what I said before, that it's very simple, very much like parenting, right? Because I do the same. I do that with my kids. Hey, guys, what I want from this is for you to grow up into independent, like they know what my expectations of them are in life. And so that's why we're talking about the chores and the da, da, da. like, I don't expect them to go become doctors, lawyers, whatever. My expectation is that they are independent, you know, happy, contributing individuals on earth. Whatever that means for them, art, whatever. But I'm sharing the vision with them so that we're all on the same page. And I think that can be taken down into that conversation 
you know, with somebody for a hard conversation. Ultimately, the outcome that I'd like to see from this is this. Would you also like that outcome? Yes. Getting that, right? I mean, you're hitting now communication for me. Boom. Boom. We're just moving right along. (laughs) Right? Once you know what you want, having the ability to communicate that effectively. I use a really simple three-step, I'll say, agenda Mm -hmm. for a lot of meetings, right? Here's my expectations for the meeting. What are your expectations for the meeting? Great. At the end, this is what we want to see happen. I use that for sales all the time, right? You're setting the intention for the next step. Don't want to tread on your feet. No, <laughs> no, that's good. For those, those tough feedback conversations, right? Mm-hmm. The tough team members, the tough client conversations. I don't know if anyone else out there has had to fire or let go or say no to a client before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are leadership conversations. Those are boundary setting conversations. And you have to set boundaries all the time. All the time. And it's hard. It's exhausting to do that. It can so, be when you're when you're new to it. Absolutely when you're new to it. But once you've been doing it for a while, it's second nature. I mean, it, it really is. And boundary setting is something that I've even just learned something new on. I, I saw a meme on, I think it was Facebook. I'm pretty sure it was Facebook. Not that it matters. It was on social media. We'll just say that. Fine. Which was the difference between what is boundary setting and what is not boundary setting. So like trying to control the other person, not going to work, right? Like a boundary is saying, if you do X, I will do Y. Like that's about, that is a boundary. But you saying you can't do that to me, not a boundary. It's holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that mi- gets missed in boundaries. Like, right? If you say, yeah. here's where that line is, here's what's okay or not okay, how do you choose to respond to that? That's leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the tough part of accountability, the tough part of boundary setting is what are the consequences, if you want to put it to really formal terms, I'll say, but just how do you choose to respond? What do you want? Again, having that vision for it of why is it okay, not okay? How are you going to operate? Are you comfortable with that? Right. That's a lot of that self-work, that self-leadership to be able to quickly make those decisions, to be able to know what's within the steps for that. And I think with setting those boundaries, it's really easy to get, I'll say, misconstrued of kind of being a jerk about it. Like you can still set boundaries with care and compassion and empathy yeah. Without just being the hard ass, right? Truth. Truth. So. I, and I think that's the difference between people who have followers and those who don't, right? The the people who can lead with compassion, the soft the soft so-called soft skills, right? Versus like you talked about before, the the hard hard ass dictators, right? N- nobody wants to follow them, right? They but the people who have those massive followings are the ones who are the most compassionate, the ones who, you know, people go, oh, my gosh, that person actually cares about me. You know, I mean, my one of my mentors, she's like, hey, one of the greatest, greatest leaders in the history of ever still has followers and he's been dead for 2000 years. Right. Most compassionate leader ever. Jesus Christ, you know. 
He still has followers 2,000 years later. I mean, that right there, talk about leadership. My gosh. For reals. That's some serious influence. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Global influence millennia, two millennia later. I mean, that's huge to be able to have that level, right? So go ahead. Especially for in business, especially when you're talking about working with different types of people, that power of a dictatorship, it's leading without that authority. You don't have that intrinsic, I'm in charge of you. You don't have a paycheck to hold over someone You've got no resources where it is all on you to create that trust, to create that desire to be followed, to have someone that wants to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, to your point, way stronger. I mean, it goes through two millennia. Yeah. It's longer lasting. I was reading something, even like Jack, older, uh, GE, and like, I want to say something like 10 or five years after he left, like all of the earnings that he did, all of the amazingness that he created was gone because he didn't have people that he developed around him. It all fell flat without his leadership. And that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And people forget that, yes, you can lead that way, but it's not actually the lasting impact that you want to have. Right. Absolutely. And I I think that that ability to develop leaders around you is a hallmark of of great leadership because that goes to show there's no fear of someone taking over. And in fact, my experience has been the leaders who develop leaders are honestly excited when somebody hits their level or goes over and above them because they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Look at this. They're super excited for the other people in that process. So let's speak to leadership development, right? So we talked about leadership starts with self-leadership. Now leadership development of those around you. How, How does somebody begin to work on those people who are around them. Obviously, there's still influence going on there, but there's a lot of influence. So that self-leadership on getting yourself aligned, ready in that position where you're able to lead others. But how do you start developing the people around you? And everyone has a bit of a different process theory approach for it. But I really do, and I am a coach, so I'm totally biased. (laughs) We'll look at more of that coaching model, Right. right? This is the, how can you ask them more questions? How can you get their participation? How can you get their insight perspective? It's actually learning from them just as much as they're learning from you. And depending on where they are in that development process, whether it's a technical or whether it's a skill or competency that you're developing, they need to build that awareness first and foremost. Mm. And You can tell someone a million times, but if they don't believe you, if they don't align to it, if it's not a priority for them, they're not going to develop it. They're not going to get better. And people forget that. They're like, well, I told them a million times. They're like, they don't care. It doesn't matter how many times you tell them. True with your kids. (laughs) Right? If it's important for them, if they don't see it, if they don't know how this is going to help them be, you know, contributing members of society they're ignoring it. They're ignoring you. And so finding that piece, giving that feedback that's 
helpful and constructive, not just don't do this or that was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not particularly helpful. So there's a big awareness component, helping them get that awareness. And then there's a collaboration piece of really aligning on what are they going to try next? What are the next steps? Because now you have buy-in in Mm -hmm. that process. And you start to see how they're developing. You start holding them accountable to what those commitments are, to what they're going to start trying. Accountability is coming up, right? Accountability with boundaries, accountability with the team. Not easy, but part of that leadership responsibility. Yeah. So as you were talking, what started coming up for me, bubbling up for me in terms of the the person who's listening right now is probably thinking, okay, yes, leadership development helped develop leaders around me. Yeah, but how do I identify the people that are the next leaders on my team that I can work with? How do they how can they be looking for leaders who are on their team to begin to know who to work with? I'll say talk with them. (laughs) Okay. Right. If you don't know, then figure it out. Ask them. There's nothing that you can look in a silo and be like, oh, well, this person has these 15 characteristics. So they're going to be the next leader. If they don't want it, if they're not motivated for it, good luck. They can have all the skill set, but their priorities and focus is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot of the honest conversations of what are those per- people's vision, right? right? If you're talking about what your vision is, asking them some of those tough questions, seeing what they want, seeing if you can help open their eyes, inspire them, motivate them into taking those next steps, knowing that you're there for them and with them and willing to help and encourage them through that journey, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because so many people um, have this idea that leadership is this big, major, and it is, it it is a big responsibility. It is a big concept. And yet nobody just steps into perfect, fabulous leadership without screwing it up, without, you know, at some point, I mean, because a lot of people see me as a great leader, right? Because hello, the podcast, the coaching, the, 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 you know, I, my team hit number one in the world, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But let me tell you, I screwed the pooch at the beginning of the process. It happened. Like I dropped the ball on things and on people. And I still to this day, I'm not perfect. Right. But I think that a lot of people don't want to step into it because of what they they're looking at somebody's chapter 47 as a leader instead of seeing hey i'm at chapter 1 i'm in the preamble <laughs> i i look at that of how can you take those smaller steps of leadership i'm going to mm-hmm. say the same foundations that we're talking about now that you practice with yourself that you practice with one person that you practice communicating and sharing with your partner mm-hmm. that is a piece of like there is leadership in a marriage <laughs> Not that you one person's a leader, one person's a follower, but you're both showing up, being willing to collaborate, being willing to communicate. But those those foundation pieces are the same things that are happening in chapter 47, just mm-hmm. on a different scale. So I'll say my own personal story. You heard a bit about it in the bio. Yeah. But I started in agencies. I was like 13. And I was like, I want to be in advertising and marketing. Crazy. And so I start doing like working my way up. And I'm, you know, in these Fortune 500 companies and, you know, if you've been there, 
you know there is a lot of fat that can be trimmed. There's a lot of people that are floating in the middle. You're like, what are you even doing here? How are you contributing to this project? What's going on? And so when I did take that first entrepreneur step, I was a terrible leader. I had zero confidence in my own leadership. And I had this mentality of, I'm done playing with B and C players. Like, I just don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and yeah. that's not the best attitude to have. Like, it's enough to get motivated to strike it out on your own and, and have enough confidence for it. But that is not the makings of a leader. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> but you're like, I'm done playing with you guys. You guys suck. <laughs> I could do this better than you can. <laughs> I don't need you. Oh, this is terrible. So <laughs> we've all been there. I, most of us are there anyway, right? Like that you have to have some sort of frustration, some sort of, you know, I'm done with this in order to take that step. Mm-hmm. Like I, I started working with a company I was contracting or white labeling underneath them. And I watched them go through a really, really uh, difficult time where unfortunately one of the co-founders passed away completely unexpectedly. It's part of probably about a group of about eight or 10 people. Everyone was an independent contractor, 1099. And I watched a group of people come together and want to see that vision through, want to help with it. They were willing to commit to that. And that leadership from that person that passed away really had aligned that team in a different way. And so I I stepped into more of a leadership role. I had some of the experience to help with it. There was a lot of sacrifice for a lot of people, but seeing that it didn't have to be this mystical thing, seeing that it didn't have to be (laughs) chapter 47, that it can just be being there for someone or having a phone call or checking in. And all of that was part of that leadership. All of that was being a good team member, I'll say, but also stepping into a role of trust and influence and respect. Mm. I think that piece right there is something that makes a, a big difference between, uh, again, the the great leader versus the 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 dictate the dictator style of leadership is the the respect for the people that they're leading, right? Because. I can't imagine that a dictator actually respects the people they're leading. And I say leading with air quotes around it because they're not. <laughs> Very fair. I'll say that there's also the permissive parent, right? Mm. Permissive parents will let kids do whatever they want to do. They're kind of, right? You're I'm getting a lot of head nods. They're like, I know, yeah. I've done that. They want to be friends with them. They're not as good at great at holding them accountable. Yeah. Does that mean that, I mean, on the opposite side, there are leaders that are, I call it servant leadership. And I know servant leadership has a lot of pauses with it, but I'll say take it to the extreme. It's where you're prioritizing the employees over the business. Yeah. You've lost that vision. You've lost that goal. Yeah. And that that's not good either. Servant leadership is often how people show up with their clients, yeah. right? Like, you're like, oh, I have to serve the client. And then you give up your own hours. You let your boundaries get crossed. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. You do it with their team, right? Mm -hmm. How often do you do your team's homework for them? (laughs) Mm. Some people are having some light bulb moments right now. Like 
nobody's going to hear this for a few weeks. And yet I'm already energetically, energetically getting all the light bulb. Like I'm seriously getting like body tingles from all the listeners who just went, oh, oh, that's what went wrong. (laughs) I mean, seriously, right now, the light bulb moments is just mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, if you just hit light bulb moment, please, please, please reach out and let Megan <laughs> know that that was your aha. Like, oh, that's what went wrong with my leadership in that case or parenting or whatever. <laughs> I joke about the parenting thing. I am a millennial. I coach a lot of millennials. And I'm like, oh, well, you have a lot of permissive parenting styles. And then you end up with this me generation. And everyone's like, wow, these millennials suck. It's all about them. I'm like, Look at the influences around us and what got us here. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Not our fault. Let them play placing blame right. on any. It happens with teams. It happens with clients. How you lead your clients is a big deal. How you set those expectations and follow up and hold them accountable. All of that is part of leadership. It's yeah. it's the well, it's what they want to follow you. I don't know if you've ever had a client like purposely say, like, hey. I know this is a boundary I may be crossing. Can I give you more money so you can do it? <laughs> like, literally, I've had some say, I don't think this is on our contract. Can I pay you to do this extra thing? But I'm like, yes, yes, you can. Or they're like, hey, I know this was due at this date. I know you may not be able to make your deadline. If you can, that's great. But I totally respect that I messed up. For- yeah, exactly. And The number of entrepreneurs who I see make that shift with the client boundary setting and and those who don't, too, because I don't just network in the space of direct sales and network marketing, but I'm also networking in the more traditional businesses as well. And it cracks me up anytime somebody's like, oh, well, I can't do that because, you know, I need to see clients, whatever, during that time. And I'm like, you do realize you're the business owner, right? You get to set, like, do you show up at a particular store and go, how dare you for not being open? No, that's their hours. Set your freaking hours. Are you kidding me? Like for real? Like you're gonna you're gonna let your clients tell you, does this mean you're gonna be working at midnight for one of your customers or clients? Because Maybe. they told you to, because oh, you need to be there just in case. Hard oh. no. I am all about setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I break them all the time. I have my favorite clients. Everyone <laughs> everyone has people that they make exceptions for. Yeah. Everyone is willing to. And I'm never saying don't ever cross it. But if you don't let someone know that they've crossed it, mm-hmm. that's on you. Yeah. I will make the exceptions. Absolutely. I have a lot of care. I will I will make those sacrifices. Maybe not midnight, yeah. but maybe like 10 p.m. Right. <laughs> so it's tough. But you know what? Sometimes you make it happen. Do you know how much more appreciative they are? Do you know if they understand the value of what you did? That's why you do it. You don't just do it to make them happy. You do it because you know you're adding value. Yeah. Adding value, building loyalty, all of those great things. So, 
Oh my gosh, I could talk leadership with you forever. Seriously, Megan. Oh my gosh. So for people who are listening now, uh, the Badass Crew is listening and they're like, okay, I want to learn more about leadership. I want to get more from Megan. How can they find you? Where can they find you in order to learn more about leadership? Absolutely. I think my website's in the show notes. It's eleaderexperience.com. There's some blogs and newsletters you can sign up for. Um, also, I'm happy to have some consultations, understanding where you are on that leadership journey and really what some of those next steps and challenges are, because we are all facing them. Yeah. If you really want to start getting into some of the fun stuff, there's a couple of self-assessments in my resources tab as well. So you can start to reflect on where there might be some gaps or some opportunities in your leadership, where you might need to shift some of those beliefs or mindsets as well to really take you to that next level. I love that because I think just by checking out the those resources, the the where are you on the leadership spectrum, that helps you understand where your gaps are, where your blind spots are as a leader to go, okay, oh, here's where I am and beginning to understand that kind of stuff. Because if you don't, if you don't know where you're your starting point is, right? Like you may be saying, yes, I want, I'm going to use the city that you talked about earlier in your bio, Chicago. I want to go to Chicago. Well, how you get to Chicago depends on where you're starting from. It's a very different trip to get to Chicago from St. Louis versus getting to Chicago from Boston. So if you don't know where you're starting from in your leadership journey, if you're sitting here going, well, I don't even know where I am, go check out the resources that Megan has on our website, E-Leadership Experience. Is that right? E-Leader Experience. E-Leader Experience. See, I already screwed it up. So go to the show notes and make sure that you click on the link right there to grab those great resources. Check out where you are as a leader. If this is your first time listening to the episode and you're like, show notes, what's a show note? How do I find show notes? What you're going to do is grab your phone as long as you're not driving, click on today's episode, and then scroll up just a little bit. You'll see a little thing that says see more. Click on that and that opens up all the show notes and you'll have all the contacts to be able to uh, connect with Megan on all of the social media platforms. And you'll see the link directly to her website where you can go check out things. And she said, as she mentioned, do some consultations. If you'd like to have a conversation about building and developing your leadership and Megan is the person for you, you're like, oh my gosh, I had so many light bulb moments. Megan is the person. So check that out. Go click on the link. Make sure that you are developing this part of yourself and your business. Megan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. A lovely conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This I I'm not even kidding you. I could talk leadership for days because it's one of my it's one of my favorite parts of network marketing, direct sales. But we'll leave that for another time. We'll probably have to have you come back and we'll dig even deeper since we started with the the self-leadership and the beginnings of leadership. We can dig in and go even deeper moving forward. So Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to badassdirectsalesmastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. 
If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.